0: Hey everybody, this is Dominic D'Angelo, WrestleZone.com, and it is episode, I want to say it's 14, no, 15 of WCW rewritten. And I am here with the powers that be himself, my degenerate brother, none other than Marcus D'Angelo. Marcus uh, Dominic bur- burying
1: the lead, bearing the lead. Uh, it's a huge event here tonight, Dominic. It is uncensored 1998 tonight major major event the world heavyweight championship is on the line in a cage match the world television championship is on the line in, uh in the third match in a best of three series we just got we've got a ton of shit going on
0: it's a, a lot of stuff going down a lot of stuff going down um quite the card uh we did some a little promotion beforehand and hey we got a sponsor it is 1-800-COLLECT
1: Man, 1 800 collect. This is not a legitimate sponsorship, but oh, we can it is.
0: Is 1 800 collect still around? <laughs> I don't know.
1: I don't know, Dom. I'm going to say no. It's Nesha, not. what's up? Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being here, hey, Nesha.
0: Also, um, what was I going to say? Dang, you made me. Oh, I looked up 1 800 collect. I did a little research. And do you know how long, how much the charges were, the initial charges were for using 1 800 collect?
1: I don't know, 10 cents a minute or something.
0: Dude. 29.99 for the first 5 minutes then 2.99 afterwards. How the fuck is that a deal? Just absurd. How is that a deal? That's almost a cell phone bill. Yeah. Right?
1: Ridiculous. Uh Benjamin's saying NXT is on right now. Ben, thanks for joining us. Nesha, yeah, you guys got good timing. NXT takeover in your house. Right. I know. Like (laughs) we're we're trying, hey man, we're trying to give the wrestling fans something legitimate to get into. Now I'm I'm sure I'm sure in your house is gonna be one hell of an event. Seems like Todd, I
0: actually will be there. Yeah, Todd pettingill's there. Doc Hendricks, good main event going on. But hey, we got a good main event going on here, and we're scratching that nostalgia buzz as well. What's up
1: Jason? What's up Kevin? We're doing great. Uh, how are you guys doing? Uh really appreciate you all being here and
0: we're ready to we're ready to roll on this on
1: this monumental pay-per-view, Dominic.
0: I tell you what, I you gave me the card in advance. I looked it over and it is a card. I tell you that much. It's a real good one. Um yeah. but Marcus, as per usual, what we do is we run down what originally happened at this particular event, which now happens to be uncensored 1998. Uh Inarguably, probably my WCW pay-per-view of my childhood because Scott Hall fought Sting at this uh, for the world title. So that did not happen at yours, but uh, that's what happened in the real one. So let's run down the original card here, Marcus. Uh, so Uncensored, 1998 took place on March 15th of that year in Mobile, Alabama. Conrad Thompson country right there. He may have been there, Dom. I don't know. Hey, he may have been there. It was at the Mobile C- C- Civic Center. That's and, easy for you to say. Uh, easy for me to say. I'm really slurring my words here. Uh, but uh, here's how the card happened. Booker T, the champion, defeated Eddie Guerrero, who was with Chavo Guerrero. for He successfully defended his World Television Championship. The match was 11 minutes. Juventud Guerrero defeated Conan in singles competition in 10 minutes and 21 seconds. Chris Jericho successfully defeated Dean Malenko by submission for the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. Marcus, we got a little bit of, uh, like, (laughs) some feedback uh, from that. Uh, Why the hell would we change that match, Marcus?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, we... it was not like I'm just jumping in on this pay per view and rearranging it. Like we started back at uh, obviously Starcade 1997, so uh, so a lot has changed. Uh, Chris Jericho and Dean Malenko, while they aren't feuding right now, I'm sure I'm sure I'll have them feud sometime down the road. Nash is about to melt down there in Mississippi. It was 93 heat Ooh. index, 111 earlier. Fuck that weather. Um, yeah, James, uh, <laughs> have you ever used it? I have not. I think my parents would have gone ape shit if I tried, they Jason. would have gone ape shit if we
0: used the WCW hotline.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Jason, six man match starts off tonight. I don't care for it, really, honestly. Oh, okay, they got one of those six man events. Dom, did you hear the rumor that AEW is thinking about doing the six man tag team championship?
0: Yeah, that's been going around for a while. Is there more like buzz coming around about that? Yeah, or I
1: just heard Cornette talking about it, so I was like, oh, I, I wonder if Dom is aware of this.
0: I heard something about it, but nothing really like catching fire from what I heard. I don't know. I could be off on that. Anyways, Lex Luger defeated Scott Steiner in singles competition in three minutes and 53 seconds. What a long match that was. Uh, Here we go. you, You don't want to give those two too much time. Nope. Diamond Dallas Page successfully defeated and defended his United States Championship against Raven and Chris Benoit in a triple threat match. 15 minutes and 53 seconds. The Giant defeated your boy, Kevin Nash, by disqualification in 6 minutes, 36 seconds. I remember
1: watching the static on the TV screen uh, because we didn't order the pay-per-view, but we could still hear it.
0: Oh, yes. Bret Hart defeated his old rival, Kurt Henning, by submission in singles competition. 13 minutes, 51 seconds. And here it is. Sting defeated Scott Hall, successfully defending his World Heavyweight Championship, the Big Gold Belt, in 8 minutes and 28 seconds. Scott Hall was with Dusty Rhodes. Now, the main event was somewhat akin to yours, Marcus. I think they're trying to scoop your heat here. <laughs> Hollywood Hogan fought Randy Savage to a no contest in a steel cage match? How the fuck did that happen?
1: Yeah, I don't know, Dom. It's because neither one of them wanted to do the job. Oh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, I'm not going to lie. The fact that there was a steel cage match with Hollywood Hulk Hogan in the main event here, uh, you know, it's it lent to the idea like, hey, let's just do a cage match. I did it because I remembered that being the main event of this. So uh, mm-hmm. so, yeah, that's where we find ourselves. Um, all right. Let's let's uh, talk about a few things that are being said here and then we'll move on. Big Papa Pump. Hollow, if you hey, hear me, he's a, oh, he's a bad man. Nesha. I really loved uh, Big Papa Pump. And by the way, big things coming for Big Papa Pump. Hey, Mark, real quick,
0: I have to plug in my computer, so you vamp for a little bit. I got to exit out and exit back in because usually when I plug my computer in, it like screws up the mic and stuff like that. So just
1: Super, super professional of you, Dominic. You go ahead and do your thing. I'm going to go ahead and vamp. Okay, you vamp it up, man. <laughs> All right, shit. Plug some shit. <laughs> well, will. Uh, Jason, he's saying, I'm going to be in uh, Charlotte North Kakalaki around my birthday. It's going to be really hot coming from Michigan um, there. It's because uh, your birthday will be late in the month. Uh, hey, early happy birthday, dude. Congratulations. Um, and that's what you're saying. It's, it blows your mind how long Sting has been around. What's crazy is that like, he's still very willing to take bumps, as we saw with AEW, right? He's jumping off the stage onto people. Um, he's letting Brian Cage power bomb him. Um Pretty awesome stuff. I truly believed that he was going to wind up just doing cinematic matches and then act as like mostly a uh, a uh, manager in AEW. But now, lo and behold, you know, all these years later, we still got Crow Sting uh, looming in the rafters. There are no rafters at Daly's place, but you know what I'm saying, uh, James. The way to use back in the day was when the auto operator asks you for your name, you say something like "My mom, my movie's done." <laughs> Pick me up. That's great. Uh, I think I remember that one. It was like, we had a baby he eats a boy. Anybody else remember that commercial from back in the day? Um, yeah, but in any case, guys, I'm super excited about this podcast. Um, you know, this is a big event. Scotty Riggs uh, gave us a little plug on Twitter, which I thought was awesome. He's gonna be in action tonight in a blindfold match against uh, Steve Mongo McMichael. So yeah, we got we got big, big things happening uh, here tonight, and I'm excited about it. if you are not following this podcast on Twitter. Please uh, give us a follow at WCW Rewritten. You can follow me personally at Marcus P D'Angelo. Uh, feel free to uh, you know message me any questions that you might have, uh, comments, insults about the podcast. I don't care. Just don't <laughs> you know. Let's just not be too lewd about anything. Um, Dominic, you can follow him. He's back, by the way. If um, I'm sure everybody can see him, uh, you can, can you follow hear me him too. Yeah, yeah, you're good. You can follow him at Dominic D'Angelo. Dominic, how do they follow WrestleZone?
0: You can follow WrestleZone on Twitter at WrestleZone.com or WrestleZone.com, and you can go to WrestleZone.com for all your wrestling news needs. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Nash saying, Mongo, it hurts to see what he's going through.
1: Absolutely, man. Yeah. You know, our, our grandfather passed away a few years ago from the same disease, ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, and uh, it's a really horrible, horrible degenerative disease. Um, so, prayers out to Mongo. I love Mongo. I love uh, you know my grandfather, obviously. It takes a very, very strong man to uh, to do, to live through that disease. And, you know, Mongo is up to the challenge. And that's just saying, so don't send nude pics. Yeah, probably not. You know, whether male or female, I am a married man. So, uh, sorry, gang. <laughs> um, oh, you're
0: shaking. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, sorry,
1: sorry, guys. Unless you're planning on sending nude pics to Dominic, which, if you were, yeah, by sorry. all means, everybody, man, woman. Hey, I'm a professional.
0: It's fine. I, I'm okay. <laughs> uh, listen. Um, yeah, if you'd like to, uh, help with Mongo's, uh, situation, uh, go to tmongo.com. Um, there's also a GoFundMe set up for him to help with his, uh, you know, care going on at the moment too. So, uh, and there's a lot of care that goes in with, um, with ALS. Um, so yeah, big prayers to Mongo. Like we're big fans over here and, uh, you know, very much respect what he did on the football field and what he did in the wrestling ring. So. Yep. I you know, I, I think everybody likes
1: to point at that, like, oh Mongo, he didn't know how to wrestle, all that kind of stuff. But man, like indelible mark on professional wrestling. Excellent promo. Great look. Uh Rick Flair said himself he was perfect as a horseman, and he was. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I love Mongo. Um and you know, I wish him the best. It takes a very brave, very strong man to uh to deal with that disease and he's doing it with a lot of dignity. So I'm really I'm really happy that uh that everybody's giving them that support. Uh saying, you said, be respectful is why I said it. It was all fun. I know Nesha, we're just playing around. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, Jason is saying the ice bucket challenge. Let's do it. Dominic, do the ice bucket challenge.
0: Oh man. Yeah. yeah. Send
1: it out, send it out to somebody else. Hopefully not me, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'll do it. Of course I'll do it. You know, I don't mind. Uh, all right. In any case uh, let's,
0: let's get this thing kicking. Dom, what do you say? Yeah, let's get to rolling here. So uh, Marcus, how did you rewrite WCW uncensored 1998
1: all right uh, so uncensored intro plays um, and we find ourselves live in the Civic Center in Mobile Alabama so by the way uh, before this I was like I wonder if I can find the intro from uh, from uncensored 1998 and guess what I did immediately go to uh, youtube.com I'm using the exact same intro it's it lasts like maybe 30 seconds it's just like flickering kind of like you know TV. Static, and then Scott Hall makes a quick appearance there, and then it says Uncensored 1998 or whatever. Um, so it's pretty cool. Uh, in any case. Uh, okay, uh, Tony Schiavone, Bobby Heenan, and Dusty Rhodes are here, and they are pumped up about the stack card we have tonight. Tony hypes the main event featuring Hollywood Hulk Hogan taking on Sting in a steel cage match for the WCW World Heavyweight title, and Dusty puts o- over his fellow Gold Standard okay. brothers, Tully and Steven Regal, We'll be taking on Kurt Hennig and Kevin Nash, respectfully. Nash and Regal, he reminds us, are in a tables match, wherein the first participant to put the other through a table is the winner. All right, we're kicking off the night with quite a spectacle as Raven and Saturn make their way through the crowd. Their opponents come out to a massive pop as Lex Luger and DDP enter the arena together uh, to DDP's music. Um, so Dom, for this match, I'm envisioning Lex starting things off and just dominating before tagging in DDP. Uh, DDP is going to hold his own for a while, but then Saturn is going to rake his eyes to gain the advantage and the heels will just get continual heat on page throughout the match. DDP was really, really good at selling, uh, getting his ass beat and kind of like working from underneath being like an underdog. Um, so I, I, I'm like, this is the perfect spot for him to do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, Luger will look for the hot tag, but Raven and Saturn will continually stop Page. Finally, Page starts his comeback against Saturn with his classic discus punches, uh, his inverted pancake uh, thing that he used to do is like a pile driver, right? It's almost yeah. like Cesaro's neutralizer. Yeah, um, was well,
0: just not. He didn't hook the arm.
1: Right. Exactly. So uh, he's going to do all that stuff. Uh, Page will be uh, will be what in the world. Uh Anyways. Oh, okay. Page will be crawling. Uh, It said creating. I was like, what in the world is that? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Page will be crawling to Lex Luger. Uh, But just as he gets there, Saturn manages to pull him around. But wait, out of nowhere, DDP hits the diamond cutter. Oh, uh, self high five, love DDP Oh, Nesha, DDP is the best. Uh, Jason the, get behind him. He says, Jason. Oh, Jason, you didn't like DDP. Oh my DDP, goodness. DDP. Oh, we're big DDP folks over here. <laughs> only, only liked him as a manager. He's saying, you know, I get it. Uh, I, th- I think, you know, Dominic, if you and I had been watching DDP in the early days when he was like a box of gimmicks, uh, where he was like, he had a toothpick, he was chewing gum, he was smoking a cigar. He had like dollar store sunglasses on. Like I, it might have been harder for us to uh, palate him, I think. But you and I came in; all we knew him as were uh, was a wrestler, you know. So, yeah. uh, so it, maybe maybe that's why he sees him that way. Uh, oh, James, thanks for the plug, man. The plug. Uh, yeah, guys, give us a follow all around. Uh, he, stands, Pump <laughs> he stands for Papa Pump D'Angelo. That is what my parents named me, you know, Marcus yeah. Papa Pump D'Angelo.
0: They had a premonition about, <laughs> they, they, about just, they did some standard math in their head.
1: They just knew. Yeah. It just happened. All right. So DDP hits that diamond cutter out of nowhere, and then he tags in Luger, who immediately comes after Raven, who has come through the ropes. After bouncing Raven all over the ring, Luger will turn to the fallen Saturn and motion for the torture rack. He hoists the unconscious man up and racks him as the. It says tax him. I really need to proofread these oh, so Lord. I don't confuse myself. Just, like, and he racks him. As the ref calls for the bell, Raven pulls his comrade out of the ring and helps him to the back, and we end the segment with Raven looking toward the two men with complete disgust on his face. So, yes, so the opener, Luger and DDP go over against the flock. Mm, but Raven had that look of disgust on his face, Dominic. Is he done? No, no. of course not. Quote the Raven, nevermore. Nevermore. Never more. He is not done yet. Mm -hmm. um jason's saying it's really sad to see lex luger nowadays how small he's gotten it is but you know his attitude um about himself and and his position in life and you know he's found god and you know he's just he's a really cool dude uh dominic you got to talk to him a little bit i met him a little bit briefly before too just a really kind person uh so i like lex luger a lot man yeah i do too but
0: we share the same birthday
1: that's true. Dom, let's get him on the
0: podcast for kind of love. I'll try to do it. I'll do, try to do it. Reach out to him, man. Yeah, why not? Yeah. It's worth a shot. All right, next uh, up. Real quick, Marcus. James says, DDP is truly inspiring when you think about how old he was when he became an interview performer. Yeah, 35 years old. Marcus, That's you're, incredible. Right, there. you're it's, right there. It's not too late, Dom. Not too late for me. Not
1: too late. Do it. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know I'm, I'm already pretty busy
0: with the podcast, The Baby, my actual job. Uh, I so think you should forego all of that and well, maybe keep the podcast um, and become a deadbeat father and just do, a, a, like, answer your dreams, man. Uh, no. All
1: right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so next up. Next up, we've got Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner. He's coming out to the ring. Uh, he's going to be flexing and doing his usual shtick. This is a cold match. It was unadvertised. But guess who he's taking on, Dominic? Just take a guess.
0: Oh you know what i I have no idea I'd put up the headline there, but I'm gonna say, uh is it the yette um actually, yes, it's Ron Reese I know <laughs> Marcus oh, you,
1: you looked at that that's right. right yes <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that I forwarded this to you Nesh is asking <laughs> did you guys ever want to be wrestlers uh yeah oh actually. yeah yeah. Oh, yeah um I and I, I'll tell you what I still think about it at times you know there's like a local Marcus promotion here in Pittsburgh
0: it's pretty athletic and like don't you have a pretty good like um don't didn't somebody say you had like an athlete's heart basically
1: yeah it was like the the doctor just basically said at one point that like uh, my heart rate is like something like what you would find in a in a professional athlete where like I, I it takes me a lot to get exhausted um yeah. so I don't know it's I I don't it kind of sounds like a fake thing you know like the doctor said I was like is that really a thing like you can listen to my heartbeat and determine that about me but uh I you know I used to <laughs> <laughs> i used to, I used to play football, I used to be a boxer, so like i've I've always had pretty good endurance um so I don't know it's tell you what Dom I've thought a lot about it it's it i at this stage in my life probably never gonna happen, but I think it'd be fun hmm. I've thought about it, but uh life got in the way. <laughs> <laughs> and uh height <laughs> Nate, Nate is saying it means a low resting heart rate yeah I don't know this was years and years ago that a doctor told me this so I was like I don't know I guess I guess it's a thing so okay low resting heart rate. way before
0: the the black and milds
1: and cigars took yeah, yeah yeah I used to uh be a pretty heavy smoker no more though Dominic I'm a father. Um, all
0: right, all right.
1: Right, so he's he's taking on Ron Reese, uh, who's waiting for him in the ring. Uh, we all know what's going to happen here, don't we, guys? You know, is uh, Scott is going to dismantle Reese in about three minutes before locking him in the recliner for the decisive victory. But afterwards, Dominic, he gets on the mic. Do you want to do the Scott Steiner promo, Dom? Oh, shit. Uh,
0: yeah, let me pull it up real quick.
1: So this is the thing that Dominic and I have been talking about, how it might be funny for him to do a cold read of the uh, – of the promos that i write uh as the people <laughs> so so if you can picture dominic who's basically the antithesis of scott steiner in real life it's, it might, <laughs> might be might be entertaining you <laughs>
0: know you sent me right marcus
1: yeah, uh so you'll you'll find it. Uh okay. in the meantime I'll read a couple of these. Uh and that's just saying she always watched but she never wanted to be a wrestler. Yeah, I mean it's a really you read about the lifestyle that these people have to live and it's like man, impossible. Like even if I were to take the plunge at this stage in my life, it's not like I would be saying like, "Okay, hun, I'll see you in 3 weeks and I'd go like wrestle in Arkansas or something." Like I would be I'd be wrestling here in Pittsburgh. I would never leave unless I was offered some insane contract to like go to Japan or something like that. Um, And even then I'd be like probably miserable the whole time. A lot of traveling. A lot of traveling. Yes. Uh, Jason saying, going back to last week with chronic and the outsiders, what about the skyscrapers make it a triple threat? Ooh, Ooh, baby. I, you know, I we've, we've got something there for sure. Um, and now skyscrapers, if I remember right, was that Sid and Dan Spivey? That sounds
0: right. That sounds right. I cannot remember. I think it was. I don't know. That does sound right, though. All right, I got the promo up here. All right, let her rip, though. So he gets on the mic. You see that? Nobody here is on my level. Not the old washed-up has-beens in the locker room. Not this giant piece of garbage here. Damn sure not my brother Rick. Nobody in WCW can compete with the largest arms in the world. And nobody can match the strength of the big, bad, booty daddy, Scott Steiner.
1: Just then, that was pretty good, Dominic. Uh, Just then, the crowd comes unglued as none other than the Giant makes his return. He he looks pissed as he marches to the ring. Scott Steiner looks like he's seen a ghost, and he exits the ring quickly before leaving through the crowd. The Giant grabs the mic that he left
0: behind. You want to be the Giant? Oh, the Giant has a... I I wasn't reading forward. (laughs) Uh, No, you can do that, Marcus. You'd be the Giant. You know, I've been
1: out for a long time trying to heal, and my neck is still broken now. But I've seen enough of cowards like Scott Steiner, the Wolf Pack, and especially Kevin Nash, thinking that they can just take over a territory whenever they want and act like they're the baddest men in the business. There's only one baddest man in WCW, Scott Steiner, and you're looking at him. Broken neck or not, I plan to prove it to you and everybody else. The giant leaves the ring, and we end the segment.
0: Mm. So. Um, hey, I was right,
1: really Dom. Um, they're, they're saying, yes, it was the uh, Dance Bobby and Sid in the Skyscrapers.
0: Wow, look at that. Pulling it out of your the way back end of your encyclopedia in your noggin.
1: Every once in a while, Dom. Uh, my wife always gives me a hard time because I, I don't remember to, like, get some of the groceries she asked me for, but I, I have, like, an incredible recall and stuff like that.
0: You forgot the Cool Whip, but you Ooh, cannot remember. Then, then
1: The Undertaker was a replacement. Dude, I legit did forget the Cool Whip one time.
0: So that's, that's
1: hilarious. hilarious. I just have <laughs> thin air. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so next we get a video package of Brian Clark saying that Goldberg has not earned a title shot and will never get to challenge for the U.S. championship. Mixed into this package will be images of both Clark and Goldberg dominating opponents in those handicap matches that they've been in. Um, then we get J.J. Dillon from six days ago telling Goldberg that if he can beat Buff Bagwell at Uncensored, he can have a shot at the U.S. title. We also get a clip of Dylan telling the NWO that if any of them interfere, they will all be out of a job. Yeah. Um, all right, so Goldberg's music hits and the man makes his way to the ring to a huge pop. Uh, he breathes smoke, he's throwing his punches and kicks, and he looks fucking awesome, as always. <laughs> um, yeah, what an unbelievable look. You know, Brett, I was watching the uh, the Bret Hart uh, Annie biography. And, yeah. uh, when it came to the subject of Goldberg, he said that if, if Goldberg was on a scale of one to 10 as a wrestler, he'd be a zero. And I'm like, Bret Hart is, you know, awesome. Probably the best worker in the history of the business. But I think he's wrong there because it, being a wrestler is not all about technical skill, right? It's, it's kind of about having that X factor and that, that look and that vibe to you. And Goldberg had that in spades. You can't pay to get what he had. Um, so I have to disagree with Brett there.
0: Well, I think, uh, he meant from an entering perspective perhaps, but even that, you know, you got to give Goldberg a little more credit than that. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, obviously it's a horrible shame that like, it, that's how his career ended was Bret Hart's career, but. Oh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. No, terrible. And um, I hate that Goldberg was so stiff with people, but like, as far as value, um, man, he had it in spades. Um, Buff Bagwell. I heard,
0: I heard the Bret Hart biography is the best one yet so far.
1: Yeah, it was really good, man. Really good. I need so, to watch um, him. I thought him. I think Piper might be my favorite of the bunch, but
0: Piper Bret I Hart was really good. good too. Mick Foley. I watched a little bit of Mick, and his was really good too.
1: Yes, it was. Um, Jason is saying Buff Bagwell is known as the Handsome Stranger in GWF. It, I didn't know that for a long time. Yeah, I, I did hear about that too. Wasn't he a stripper or something before he got into yeah, pro no. yeah.
0: I know the I renegade was, was. Wasn't he a gigolo?
1: I think he became a Juggalo later.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Louis um,
1: King. all right. Uh, Nesha, she's loved the biographies. Yeah, they've been awesome. If you guys haven't seen them, go check them out on and uh, they're still running the reruns of them. Um, all right, let's hammer on and then we'll, we'll, we'll keep reading some of these. All yep. right. Uh, Bagwell comes out to the ring. Oh wait, I skipped ahead. um, Shivani reminds us that he, Goldberg is undefeated, but questions whether or not Bill will be able to stay that way when he matches up against the more experienced and also heavily muscled Buff Bagwell. Bagwell comes to the ring looking as cocky and as confident as ever, and the match is underway. Uh, this match is going to be short because Buff was not like a super strong worker. Goldberg damn sure was not a strong worker. Um, but uh, Bagwell will start as the aggressor, jumping Goldberg and giving him a pretty convincing beating. He shoots Bill off to the ropes, and that will be the final mistake that he makes for the night. As Goldberg yeah. nails the spear on the return, the crowd pops for Goldberg's spear. Um, it, dude, his spears were always insane. Like the way that the way that people would react to his spear, especially like once we got to the midpoint of the year, like around July, which I'm actually kind of trying to nudge us in that direction a little bit further, since I already know what happens. Um, like the way that people would stand up and just come unglued was just like, it was magnetic in those arenas back then. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's Uh, like that
0: pop that he would get with
1: those spears. It was,
0: it was crazy, crazy.
1: Yep. Unbelievable. Uh, like I said, you can't pay for what he had, man. Uh, Goldberg gets up looking super intense and sets buff up. We see that Brian Adams has come to the top of the ramp, but you know, JJ Dillon has said, if you interfere, I'll fire you. So Brian Clark. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Brian Clark. He's at the top of the ramp, and he's looking down toward the ring with angered shock on his face. Bill points at Clark before hoisting Buff up for the jackhammer and driving him into the mat for the victory. Goldberg gets up, and he's smiling at Clark. From the crowd, though, behind Bill comes Brian Adams and Scott Norton. They jump Goldberg and beat his ass before finally driving him into the mat with a double power bomb. They leave Bill laid out in the ring, and we end the segment with Clark grinning evilly his fallen foe. Ooh. Oh my. Yes. Um, all right. We got a couple here. Uh, wasn't both Bam Bam and Vader out of WWF at this point? What would you think about bringing them into WCW Rewritten? Uh, Vader was in uh, WWF still in, in yeah, he was... during the stage of 98. I want to say it was late 98. He wound up uh, leaving and then going to uh, Japan. And uh, Bam Bam was working for ECW at this time, but his contract expires near the end of the year, Yep, Mm -hmm. which is why he did in real life come to WCW at the end of
0: 1998. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Scott Norton, I always felt he was so underrated. Absolutely, Jason. Yeah, Scott Norton is awesome. Uh, Another one of those Minnesota Wrecking Crew guys. Awesome dude. Massive guy. You know, I I think he just kind of got put on the back burner and never really made his way up front. I want to get
0: his book, too. He's got a
1: book out. Does he really? Yeah. Dude, that book would be something else. I watched The Dark Side of the Ring, uh, and he was in it, the episode about uh, the collision yeah. in Korea. And yeah. just unbelievable what he went through over there. Yeah. Man. Um, All right. Out next, uh, Dominic, we've got Scotty Riggs coming through the crowd. He looks very grunge. Um, I really love this version of of Riggs, dude. Um, And I saw really serious potential in him. I remember being as a kid, like, looking at him and being like, why is this guy not, like, a big star? Like, he's got a cool look. He's handsome. He's really good in the ring. He's super muscular. Like, I even, like, uh, the the cutoff black jean shorts um, with, like, the combat boots, like, that look that he had, it was just, like, really fucking cool looking and i was like why is this guy not a bigger star like i just couldn't wrap my mind around it so uh i i have have some plans for riggs down the road
0: heck yeah hey potential friend of the show
1: potential friend of let's get him on the podcast
0: i mean let's let's get him and on the
1: the same podcast (laughs) um his opponent uh gets a big pop as he heads to the ring uh we got mongo and he's coming down with his eye patch over one eye and he's he's looking confident as always um so, Dom, we're going to make a big thing out of the ref, putting the hoods over both men. Um, Riggs, as a heel, he should be visibly uncomfortable. And Mongo is going to have that, like, real determined vibe. Um, I think that six minutes is going to be a balanced amount of time for a match like this. Um, and we're going to fill a lot of that time with both men kind of wandering the ring, trying to find each other, uh, missing on attacks, etc. Much like the Jake the Snake-Rick uh, Martel clash at WrestleMania 7, I think. WrestleMania 6 or 7? I think it's 7.
0: I, it could was be something wrong, like
1: that. I don't I don't remember.
0: Yeah, I could be. I think I might be six now that I think about
1: more. Um, ultimately, though, after taking a few shots from Mongo, Riggs is just going to say he's had enough and he pulls the mask off and he tries to charge Mongo. But Mongo is going to sense and I put that in quotations. He's going to sense him and catch him with a belly to belly suplex as, as Riggs charges him with mask on with mask still on. Wow. So, so Riggs has taken his mask off and he's like, screw this. And he charges him, but he gets it belly to belly. Um, and, uh, he's going to pull Riggs up to his feet, hoist him up, and nail him with the to- tombstone pile driver for the victory. So, Mongo
0: is going out on top here tonight in this blindfold match. Mongo, man. Now, Marcus, question for you. Did you expect, I mean, obviously we talked about Mongo earlier on and stuff, but did you expect, um, bongo to get this big of a push when you started writing this or uh, kind of no, no no probably not um
1: i'll i'll be honest you know I, I i've said a few times on this that i've mapped it out uh, basically all of 1998 um but that being said there's like some i i've, I've got like a very basic sort of a, a layout so there's some characters that have sort of like fallen through the cracks uh it, which I'm, I'm sort of like just doing on the fly or coming up with things on the fly. Mongo is one of them. Billy Kidman is another one, which uh, one of our friends has texted us tonight and, and asked us what's going on with Billy Kidman. So like some people who I like and see a lot of value in, they just kind of have fallen through the cracks. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to trying to find a good home for them. So uh, believe me, I have plans for Mongo. I have plans for Billy Kidman. You know, if there's some other talent on this that, that you love, uh, I've thought about everybody. So we're, uh, we'll find a home for, for them. Right now, I'm though, I i have not thought about Lash LaRue. He will not be coming in, in my version of WCW. Wow, confirmed. Yeah. 100% confirmed. If you've been holding out for it, you might as well quit listening to the podcast. <laughs> no, well, he, will, really. he will never make an appearance on it. Um, all right, so, Dom, next up, we've got Chris Jericho making his way to the ring, ready to take his shot at capturing the cruiserweight title. Oh my! It's on, Dominic. Uh, He's got his hair in in that stupid ponytail on top of his head, and he's wearing his Monday Night Jericho shirt, and he looks very cocky and confident. Um, This was the greatest version of Jericho by a long shot, was it not?
0: Oh, I love this Jericho. I mean, that's what got us hooked to Jericho, right? Yep. I
1: mean, the Y2J thing when he first came into WWE was a lot of fun and, like, close second to this one. But, dude, this era of Jericho, just like the crybaby douchebag, was the funniest like most entertaining stuff ever. And by the way, even at that age, I was like, dude, he can go. Like, he can yeah, really yeah. go. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he was, he's skilled, man.
1: Uh, Hooven to Guerrero comes down to a massive pop, uh, and his awesome music. What a great entrance theme. Juventus I can't Juventus remember Juventus what was back in the have. day. Can't remember. Uh, maybe you should pull it up for our listeners, Don.
0: Uh, I will play it. Uh, when I'll make a clip of this and I'll play it.
1: There you go. Um, he does his head banging thing with his long hair and he looks like an absolute star. He is still wearing his mask, though. He will never lose the mask. I think I mentioned that last week. Um, I'm giving this match a solid 20 minutes, dude. Uh, these two always stole, stole the show. So uh, I say let's allow them to, to give us an all-time Matt classic here. Um, I want Jericho to completely avoid cheating throughout this match, uh, showing that even though he's a cocky, annoying asshole, he is skilled and can go with just about anybody. Uh, Nate is saying that, uh, his fave was when Jericho didn't talk forever and the fans were behind him. Then he spoke and he was a heel. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, is saying, Disco, don't forget about him. Oh, Nesha, I hate to disappoint, but <laughs> I don't <laughs> you had see disco it on there. Yeah. Had- yeah. I don't see a ton of equity in Disco right now. I will say though I've I've thought about an angle for him and he might he might make a, a, some appearances here. So far as uh he's just been an enhancement talent in my version of WCW though. Yeah. Um my phone shut off for a sec. Here we go. Uh, all right. Ultimately, Hoovy is going to look like he's gaining the late advantage. So Jericho will do his classic lift behind the the old classic, you know, distract the ref and then lift behind you and uh, nail somebody in in the balls. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hoovy takes a groin shot um, and goes down. So with Hoovy down, Jericho is going to hit his lion salt before locking the juice in the lion tamer. Uh, let's all remember this i don't i'm dominic i'm sure the the image is emblazoned on your mind in the same way it is mine but like jericho especially on hoovie when he'd lock on the lion tamer it looked fucking vicious oh my god uh, he would like kneel on the back of his head yeah right okay. and like it, I, would, I would be like he's got to tap out. i remember being a kid like Dude, tap <laughs> out just make <laughs> this end I, <laughs> I don't want i don't want to see this happen to you anymore
0: um, um jericho said in his book when he moved, went to WDF, he adjusted that specifically because he knew he was going to be working with bigger guys. So, yeah. yeah, what, definitely... what big guy is going to be able to take that? Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Nesha, Nesha's giving me some good pitches here. She wants Disco. <laughs> she wants Glacier coming out slinging ice like Sub-Zero. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Imagine him just throwing snowballs at his
1: opponent. I, I told Dominic a few weeks ago, I was like, dude, Glacier, in my version of WCW, is just damaged goods. I'm like like, this guy with all this potential. And I'm like, no, I, I just can't do it. Like, I can't look at him anymore. Um, so, he used to nail on his head. Kneel on his head. Uh, in any case, this is the finish, as Hoovy has no alternative but to tap out. Chris Jericho is our new Cruiserweight Champion. Uh, Jericho does that fake, disingenuous celebration cry Then he makes the ref raise his hand in victory multiple times while Tony Schiavone yells, all right, enough, get him out of the ring. (laughs) 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 And
0: Hoovy retains his mask. He he doesn't lose his mask in this universe. Yeah,
1: retains his mask, loses the Cruiserweight Championship. Oh, Nate is is out on this. (laughs) 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 Sorry, sorry, dude. Um, All right uh okay so up next we've got kurt hennig of the wolf pack taking on tully blanchard of the gold standard
0: dude Ooh, what a match! Marcus. uh our friend casey did have quite the nickname for the gold standard <laughs> and it is- he,
1: he called them the old standard
0: <laughs> which is
1: very funny uh i'll i'll address what casey had to say at the end of the podcast because it is really funny <laughs> stuff and i feel like i've got answers for some of it and some of it i don't know uh-oh uh-oh um all right so kurt may have been a bit past his prime here uh but he was still absolutely incredible in the ring um and i can only begin to imagine what a masterpiece this match would be you know you've got two guys grew up in the business know the ins and outs know all the psychology and like i said kurt was not the kurt of like 1992 but he could still go dude
0: yeah oh yeah i mean when you're kurt henning look at what he did in 2001 and 2 when he was in waf like he had those short matches with Big Show and stuff like that. And it was awesome. Like, I remember the story that they told Matt. Like, he couldn't – everybody was, like, kind of, like, shitting on him because, like, they were like, there's no way he could get Big Show over for the perfect plex. And then he knits it, and, and you he hear audibly gasp.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, if you haven't seen that, just look up uh, the Mr. Perfect versus the Big Show in WWE, and you can you can really feel the audience kind of like like saying, "Oh no, it, okay, Big Show is going to reverse this or whatever," and then Kurt Hennig hits him with the Perfect Plex, and you can see people react like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> because Mark- like. When you yeah. look at it, when you look at him hooking him, uh, like it doesn't make sense to your eyes where you're just like, okay, that's not going to happen. It's like when Scott Hall used to like act like he was going to give the razor's edge to the big show or something. Everybody's yeah. like, okay, we know that this isn't happening. We know
0: that's not happening.
1: It was the same thing with them, but then he actually did it. And I was just uh, like, every time I, I bet the first time I watched, I rewound it like eight times. Cause
0: I was like, how, how did he do? It? Like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, Marcus, uh it, I, would he be the – I think he might be my favorite Royal Rumble surprise ever.
1: Oh, yeah, Mr. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, Dom, I got to go with uh, Royal Rumble 2011, Big Daddy Cool Diesel. And I even remember uh, it, it's my lucky number, 32. He was wow. the 32nd entrant.
0: Was That that must have been the 40-man Royal Rumble then, I think? Yeah, I guess so. Huh. Wow.
1: hmm Yeah, well, that makes sense for you. All right, uh, so I want to give these two something like twelve minutes. I think it's a reason, excuse me, a reasonable amount of time for these two. Um, great storytellers, and even at their advanced age, I know that these two would just tear the house down. Oh, yeah. So back and forth all the way. Uh, Kurt is going to be taking the best bumps in the business as always. Even at, even at that age, I remember he he was still taking awesome bumps. He was very much like Dolph Ziggler as far as like just bumping all over the ring for people. Um, ultimately, though, Henning will have Blanchard hooked for the perfect plex, but he'll hot dog for a bit too long, and Blanchard is going to get him with a couple gut shots before reversing the hold into his slingshot suplex for the clean victory. Mm. Yep. So it's that's... Like w. Yep. So Tully Tully coming out on top. The Wolfpack taking an L in their first match against the Gold Standard tonight. Uh, Nesha was not a fan of the 40-man Royal, uh, Royal Rumble. Um, it, but Rumble is your favorite pay-per-view. It's fun. You know, every year it's like, okay, who's, who's going to come out? I'm not super into WWE anymore, but, uh, I'll tell you what, every time the Royal Rumble season comes around, I'm like, oh boy, what's going to
0: happen? It's a little interest, but I will say WWE little us down these past couple of years when it comes to good surprises there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not what it used to be.
0: No, it's just uh, that booking is bad right now.
1: All right, so next up, uh, we have the TV title on the line, Dom, in the final match of the Best of Three series between Ooh. Booker T and Canyon. Dominic, I know you well enough to know. I, I think that this, I'm just going to guess, this is your most anticipated match of the evening,
0: right? That is very much it. Marcus, you saw what I did beforehand. Yeah, he made the awesome graphic. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, awesome graphic. Uh, Jason is saying, are you sure it was Tully Blanchard? Because I didn't think he was allowed back. Uh, when Flair and Arn came back to WCW. Uh, to my understanding, I believe that he was offered a contract around 1996, 97, something like that, but Tully Blanchard felt that the contract was too low and felt it was an insult, and he did not come to WCW. So in my version of WCW, we wait till 98, and then I approach him and say, like, hey, man, we're going to give you a fair contract. Uh, so, yeah, Tully Blanchard is in. He's in, and he's part of the, the gold standard. Part of the gold standard. Uh, and with good reason, all right uh so yeah we're 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 down to Booker T and canyon. I'm gonna give this match a solid fifteen minutes, um and if not for time constraints, I'd probably let it go for thirty dude. uh, we've got too many matches still to shoehorn in, but I mean, these two were both masters, Booker T and canyon, unbelievable workers yeah um so I want this one to come off like an absolute war like i I want back and forth, I want clean action, um where it's just like they're just wrestling. Each man has an opportunity to one-up the other, and both guys are going to get all their shit in. Canyon uh, is completely ditching the whole lighter shtick, um, and he's just solely focused on wrestling Booker T. Um, lots of false finishes in the final quarter of the match with roll-ups, schoolboys, etc. You know, They keep reversing each other, doing all that classic stuff. Uh, Booker and Canyon will do a double knockout, and both will get to their feet groggy before the ref reaches 10. They're going to exchange a couple stiff blows, but Canyon will block Booker's final attack. And hook him for the flatliner. Canyon falls backward, but Booker shakes free and shoves him to the ground. And Canyon sells uh, the back of his head, uh, has bounced off the mat when Booker shoved him down. Booker scales the top rope slowly, but he lands a Harlem hangover and he retains his TV title. Oh my. Booker T on. I'm strapping the damn rocket ship to Booker. Sucker! (laughs) uh yeah dude i i said on twitter i was like i do not know who to put over in this match like I, I went back and forth i saw value in putting both guys over i think both guys are unbelievable as jason says who better than canyon like honestly around that time maybe nobody <laughs> like canyon <laughs> canyon was was a
0: beast he was um, so good man and so it's just like he just got i remember thinking how cool he was too when he got part of the flock It was even a baby face against the flock, you know. And, um, But it was just like, yeah, he just kept getting pushed to the wayside and then putting comedy bits and stuff like that. And it's just like, oh, man, yeah, Canyon was great, man. Canyon was great. Yeah, really good. Great finish. Great finish. Nate says, yes, solid booking. Thank you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. And let me tell you, man, it was tough because I see every reason to put Canyon over in this match, too. But I'm like, you know what, Booker T... He's, he's too damn good. It took too damn long for him to, to reach the heights he should have in WCW, so I'm nudging him forward a little and bit. And I don't
0: think that really hurts Kanan too much. And can no.
1: It. No, I don't think so either. And believe me, I'm not done with Kanan. We got plans. Oh, yeah. Yep. Alright, so following the match, Raven does a run-in and starts beating on Booker, but Lex Luger comes out and bumps him with the clotheslines before ultimately clotheslining him out of the ring. So that's what's going to end that segment.
0: Uh-huh. Oh
1: boy, Dominic up next hang on uh james is saying did you know that mr perfect work out with a huge log that he would run with another heavier one that he used to, uh, to build his core strength for the perfect plex well, well that makes sense now that he was able to always up the big show if he's doing that kind of crazy shit some rocky Balboa shit right there um yeah, Nate is saying he would have gone with Canyon because uh, he was his fave, uh, but good job. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It is sad how his life ended. Uh, they're about to do a Dark Side of the Ring on Canyon, and I cannot wait to see it. I'm I nervous awesome. about seeing it because I, I feel so awful for the way that his life ended. But, man, you know, I, I think the best thing we can do for him as fans is just keep his memory alive like we do, you know, yeah. and put him over the way that we do because unanimously, everybody's like, he was unbelievable, underrated.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh uh, Nash is saying it's million dollar belt time over there on on In Your House. Ooh. I shouldn't plug it. We're gonna lose we're gonna lose
0: viewers. <laughs> no, i mean, I want to watch that match.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So up next, Kevin Nash, Dominic, is coming down the ramp ahead of his tables match with Steven Regal. Uh the camera takes us to ringside. And who is now sitting in the front row but Scott Holland six.
0: Oh boy. Oh boy. Yep. Not those oh. there do wells
1: shenanigans uh they mug the camera and dusty makes a point to say that they had better not even think about interfering they
0: better not even think about getting out (laughs) there
1: thank you Don. uh regal is out next and he's alone and we've got this thing going i'm gonna say something like eight minutes for this match uh, which I think is sort of a sweet spot for Kevin Nash matches. Like six to eight minutes, uh, he can get all of his stuff in. He doesn't get gassed. If he's against a really good opponent, the opponent is like kind of I, – I feel like I'm being demeaning to Kevin Nash, and I don't mean to. I love Kevin Nash, and I think he's an unbelievable worker, great psychology. Um, but like he's he's a huge dude, so there's only so long that you can go. Um, so I think that six to eight minutes is going to be good for Kev. Um, in any case, uh, we're telling the story of these men trying to out – to put one another through a table. Uh, so I want like a lot of teases throughout the match. Um, like with both of them doing the old, like about to fall off the apron through a table, uh, setting each other up before being countered, etc. Uh, so near the end of the match, Regal is going to be getting the better of Nash on the outside of the ring, just working him over with punches. And six is going to reach over the barricade and slap Regal on the back of the head. Uh, Regal is going to turn around and slap six across the face, which then prompts Scott Hall to stand up and deck Regal. Uh, Dusty has seen enough, and he leaves his broadcast position and marches to ringside as the crowd oh, gets whipped yeah. into a frenzy. Oh, death enough there, Daddy! Yeah, I don't think seen I'm enough, done. Tony Shabani. <laughs> 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 I don't. <laughs> right. uh, so hang on, let's let's uh, read a couple. Hey, what's up, fishing UK Glasgow? Thanks for joining us. Not- um yes, uh you can see James is saying you can see Mr. Perfect using those logs on lifestyles of the rich and famous. It's a good watch. Um it also has his dad, the axe henning in it.
0: Yeah,
1: Dominic you and I got to be around the axe a little bit live down there in 2018 in uh in uh Louisiana.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. He, yeah,
1: was, he, there. Was, he was there. Yeah. Um Nesha is saying hot times, Daddy.
0: Hot times.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh let's let's hammer on. Nash has taken advantage of the distracted Regal and has him occupied while Hall and Six fire up before joining uh, the uh, jumping over the barricade to meet Dusty. So you you, like Scott Hall used to do this all the time, where he'd be like he'd see somebody coming for him, be like, "Oh, what? Like you want a piece of me?" And then he'd like start coming at him. Um, So that's that's sort of what we're looking at. Um, So they're jumping over the barricade and they're squaring up against Dusty in the the aisleway. Um, But the Dream is not backing off. Six charges him and he gets a back body drop onto the floor. So immediately, uh, Dusty's just shaking off six. <laughs> uh, Hall comes next, and he starts working Dusty over with those sign- sign- signature punches. In the scuffle, Hall has turned his back to the entryway, though, and out comes running. The
0: nature boy!
1: Flair, <laughs> And he's got a chair in hand. He smashes Hall over the back with it, and then he turns to crack six just as he's regaining his feet. In the meantime, however, Nash has set up a table at ringside, and he jackknifes Regal through it for the victory. Oh. Uh, he notices that his buddies are getting beat down, and he heads over to help them. Dean Malenko and Tully Blanchard come out of the back uh, to uh, come out to back up their Gold Standard comrades and haul Nash and six all back off to end the segment. Mm-hmm. So Kevin Nash going over. Hey man, he's my favorite. You got to put him over. <laughs> Selfish Marcus. uh jason is saying his favorite uh is the nature boy that is until triple h came along you know i think triple h gets a lot of heat you know everybody says he like buried new talent and uh to a degree i think that's true where like every wcw guy who came over to wwf like triple h beat all of them <laughs> like literally all of them which is just absurd um but that being said dominic you remember around 1999 i loved triple h oh, yes. uh he's he was just such a good worker. I loved those like high knees, where he'd like yeah. run across the ring and strike people with his knee and stuff. Just like a cool look. He had everything you want in a pro wrestler. So I, I really like, I really like Triple H. He's a lot Still. of fun to
0: use in uh, WrestleMania 2000 too.
1: Yes, he's fun in every like every video game. I enjoy playing as Triple H.
0: Yeah. Um. What was I gonna say too? Oh, his original music when he joined the corporation was great mm-hmm. with China and stuff. That was great. Like before the game, I mean, his music was good pretty much throughout the course of his career, I would say. But I really like that that theme.
1: Dom, here's a question for you. And uh, we can pose this question to everybody in in the chat here, too. I've I've thought about this before, and I'm not really sure what the right answer is. Um, So you and I are both Scott Hall and Kevin Nash fans.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So the Outsiders, in a dream matchup, would you rather see them all in their prime? So let's say like 1998. Would you rather see the Outsiders take on the New Age Outlaws or would you rather see them take on DX, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels?
0: I think Triple H and Shawn Michaels.
1: I kind of lean toward the New Age Outlaws. These like tag team specialists coming up against Hall and Nash.
0: Yeah, I but there's just so much history between, uh, spe- specifically like Michaels and, and Hall. And here's and here's like, the other part of it too. Yeah. Is like the final
1: member of the the clique would be uh, Shawn Waltman, and it's like he was in N- NWO and DX. Yeah. So it's like, okay, whose side is he on? Maybe he could be the special guest referee.
0: Yeah, something. I
1: don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, you guys want to see uh, the Outsiders take on the New Age Outlaws or Triple H and Shawn Michaels? I sort of talked myself into the latter. Initially, <laughs> I was with the New Age Outlaws. Nesh is, Nesh is with, Nesh. with us, too. She's saying
0: HBK and Triple H. Got to be, right? Jason notes, too, that, well, if you remember... Correctly, when were you to Triple H or a tag team in WCW? And now they run NXT. That's right. They were the Blue Blood, Blue Bloods. Yeah, yeah. What a what a yeah.
1: trash gimmick. <laughs> then he had like Bobby Eaton in there, fucking Bobby Eaton from like Alabama or whatever, coming out <laughs> acting like a Blue. Blood. <laughs> it's like Tommy Rich in the FBI. That's <laughs> ridiculous. All right. Uh, it's- Oh, the outlaws just see the outsiders murder the road dog. James, James, he's got go-home heat with the road dog. The road diggity dog. Oh, oh, you didn't you didn't know, James? <laughs> um, all right, let's hammer on dumb. Uh, we've reached a semi-main event. Eddie's awesome WCW music plays, and the leader of Los Latinos comes out, joined by his nephew, Chavo. As they head to the ring, Shivani reminds us of the stipulation here. If Bret Hart cannot get Eddie to tap out to the sharpshooter for, as the finish of this match, uh, Hart can never challenge Guerrero again, and the Hart Dungeon must disband.
0: Wow, I didn't know that. That latter part.
1: Yeah. Oh, um. If Hart does get Di- Guerrero to tap out, though, Guerrero has to give Hart a singles match.
0: Marcus, this is okay. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Just for clarification, I because I wrote this down as a tag match, right? So.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's Chavo and. Eddie versus Brett and the Bulldog come out next to a massive pop. And uh here we go. Uh I have no intention of letting the main event go for too long. Um just because it's like these cage matches uh were sort of like well, we'll get we'll get to it. Um but like Hulk Hogan with, he was not capable of carrying a long match in this era. So I'm gonna
0: angle moonsault off the top of the cage. Let's
1: so we're gonna scrape a little off of the uh, the main event, and we're gonna we're gonna give it a little bit more to this match because I mean, all awesome, incredible performers. And that's just saying that Chavo should have a chihuahua with him, which him, be really funny. <laughs> Did he have something like that? He, he I know had, he had, he had uh, hobby Pepe. He had Pepe. Pepe, that's right. Pepe, that's right.
0: I kind of um, like Pepe.
1: But anyways, we can justify a lengthy match here. The story I'm trying to tell, of course, is that every time Brett gets tagged into the match, Eddie tags himself out to avoid Brett. So, like, I think that this would be a really fun dynamic just watching Eddie be a complete coward. And, like, as as soon as Brett gets tagged in, he, like, runs across the ring and tags in Chavo. Like, how fun is that? Yeah. You could tell a story, too, where Chavo's just getting, like, exhausted. Yes. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh So after successfully avoiding Brett for the entire match, uh, for the finish, Bulldog gets Brett with the hot tag, um, and Eddie is close because uh, he's close to a corner because he's trying to cut Bulldog off, but he doesn't make it. Bulldog gets the tag. So when Eddie turns to run away uh, and tag Chavo, and Brett reaches across and grabs him by the mullet, um, and he yanks him back, and we get a big pop from the crowd. Chavo enters the ring to try to stop Brett, but Bulldog is is up and he tackles Chavo, um, and both roll to the outside. Just imagine Eddie selling this, Dominic. Uh, Like him being terrified, him getting yanked by his mullet. It would be hilarious. Him trying to beg Brett Hoff. Oh, Nesha, Nesha, she has a uh, chihuahua, so that's what made her say it. Yeah, it would be awesome. I honestly, though, I feel like it would have been really cool <laughs> if he would have had a chihuahua with him. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm tempted to add it just because it's a cool element. Wait, hey, you know, what was
0: that? The Yokiro Taco Bell was uh, big. It was big yeah. in that era. Yeah. yeah,
1: but you know, it's nowadays, I'm, you know, looking at it from the 2021 scope, you know, obviously everybody would just be like, no, you can't do that. So <laughs> uh, I'll, I guess I'll probably hold off on it, but it is a great idea.
0: Pretty
1: funny. Um, all right, so Brett gets some of his signature stuff in, you know, just the work in the leg, the headbutt to the abdomen, etc., cetera, um, before finally having Guerrero right where he wants him. He looks around at the crowd for a moment before the, uh, and he allows the anticipation to swell, and then he locks Guerrero in the sharpshooter. Eddie screams and he fights, but ultimately he's going to tap out. The crowd goes wild, and Brett and Bulldog leave victorious as Eddie, who's still selling a great deal of paint in his back. Scowls toward them. So now, Bret Hart and Eddie Grauer will be having a singles match. Oh, wow. When will it be, Dominic? When will it be? Um. All right. Let's uh, Let's let's read a couple. Michael's saying, yes, but the Chihuahua's uh, fired from
0: Taco Bell. <laughs> he lost his job, dude. He did. So many, him and so many cereal box characters have lost their jobs. Like the <laughs> two chefs, the, all the chefs now from uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, they're gone. Cookie, I wonder why. Cookie crisp uh does somebody dog, cancel the chefs though? This chefs got canceled. You know, <laughs> they were creepy old men, so I'm sure they did something. Um the 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 thief and the the dog from Cookie Crisp just got replaced by a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> so what the fuck happened? I don't know. They're just like fuck these characters, they're getting off the box. I tell you awesome. what, if uh Tony the Tiger ever leaves Frosted Flakes, I'm fucking over. I, yeah. I quit Cyril forever if that happens.
1: Hey, that's that's our boy, WCW alum. Uh, what's his name? Tony the, the Tiger? No, the voice of Tony the Tiger. He worked for... Uh, oh, for did Gary. he? Yeah. Oh, my God. What's the guy's name? Uh, well, sang, I know he
0: sang the Grinch song. He, no, that was Boris Karloff, dude. No. The, he narrated. Boris Karloff narrated. Oh, I thought Tony he sang the, that. Tony the Tiger sang the Grinch song. Dude, that's that's a guy who was constantly on WCW TV as one of the announcers. Shit, what's his... Lee Marshall. Are you sure? I don't think I'm okay. This has to be solved. Um, all right, Dom, Google it, uh, and
1: I will filibuster.
0: Okay,
1: (laughs) can anybody else confirm that? Was that Lee Marshall? Who is I believe I know he was Tony the Tiger, I know he worked for WCW. Okay,
0: Marcus, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he was Tony the Tiger voiceover announcer. Let's see, he was the
1: original voice of Tony the Tiger.
0: Was he really? Yep, wow, what a connection. How about that? My mind is blown. He was only 64 when he died.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he died young. But ah. he used to do that whole, like, he would be traveling for WCW. And Tony Schiavone would always say, like, he he was not traveling. Like, so they'd be, they'd be like, well, calling in from New Jersey is <laughs> rambling Lee Marshall. Lee, what's going on? And Lee would always have, like, some joke about Bobby the Brain Heenan being a weasel um by the end of of his little shtick but tony giovanni admitted on his podcast he was like yeah he was just like calling from his house he, was,
0: uh... <laughs> he wasn't rambling <laughs> so marcus you were you were mostly correct on this so uh according to wikipedia his base voice is notable when announcing circles holding the premier position that in that field the voice of tony the tiger he succeeded Thurl ravenscroft so Thurl Ravenscroft was the original voice of Tony the Tiger. I'll tell you what, Ravenscroft, you have to be a voiceover guy with a name like that. Oh my gosh, you got to see his, the picture of Thurl Ravenscroft. He looks like um, he looks like <laughs> the voice I always do, uh, where it's like, yeah.
1: Oh my god, that's perfect. <laughs> I'm picturing you do with like a giant,
0: like hooked nose, Raven. <laughs> it's kind of close, but Marcus, it's uh, it's oh man, he's. He looks like, yeah, Ravenscroft. We are going off the rails. (laughs) We are. (laughs) Lee Marshall, Tony the Tiger.
1: Yes. All right. So, Dominic, uh, the main event has arrived. And, oh, boy, the shitty, loose, cheap-ass steel cage WCW always used uh, lowers down from the ceiling after Hogan enters. Did
0: it lower Uh, or did they hook it up? I don't know.
1: I'm I'm it's saying it lowers. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> no, Dominic, not in my version. WCW the cage still sucks, but we're springing to have it lowered. <laughs> it was almost like a hell in a cell cage, though. Uh, you know, most cages fit to the uh, to the ring posts, the corners, but this one was out, so you oh, can still was rest it? on the floor. Yeah, but <laughs> it was it was open, and dude, it was like I, watching people climb it made me nervous because it was just rickety old piece of shit. It just looked like you know, like a, a fence. Like a, you'd get
0: around somebody's yard. Marcus, I were you at the the extreme reunion show in Philly? Did you go with Jim, Mike, and I? No. You didn't go. Oh my god. You want that was a brutal cage match that they had. Oh and that was a rick the ridiculous <laughs> cage. They were literally like holding it together. It was so bad. Oh, I was bored. Good my goodness. All right. Keep going all right, uh, so uh,
1: Hogan's going to enter before the cage lowers. The cage then lowers around Hogan, and but Sting is going to enter directly into the cage from the rafters. It's going to repel in Dominic. Right. I just think it's cool imagery. Um, Hogan will attempt to jump him the moment that he gets in, but Sting is going to fend him off as he releases his harness. Um, all right, we're going to hammer on. I want Sting to have the advantage for a while. Uh, even getting Hogan to juice after raking his face across the cage in that classic spot, which I've always liked. Where it's like every time I see people do it, it makes me wince. Yeah, because I'm like, Ugh, yeah, I feel like it's it wouldn't way. hurt that bad. <laughs> I feel like it wouldn't hurt that bad, but it looks terrible. It's a good way. You get
0: the easy way to solve it, that bet,
1: you. Um. All right. So. Yeah, Hogan will turn things around after a while, though, and bounce Sting all over the ring. In the remaining moments, Sting will, of course, rise to the occasion and start whooping that ass uh, with Hollywood Hulk Hogan. After he hits a Stinger splash on Hogan in the corner of the cage, so he's down on the floor, Hogan's, like, leaned up in the corner, and Sting comes running and splashes him in the corner of the cage. Um, he uh, Things are looking pretty darn good for our hero. He throws Hogan back into the ring, and he has him set for the Scorpion Deathlock. As he's hooking Hogan, however... The crowd goes absolutely nuts as someone makes their way down the ramp. Anybody have a guess? Uh,
0: No, I don't.
1: The crowd is going to go absolutely fucking crazy because Dominic, the master and ruler of the world, Sid, is coming down to the ring. Oh, my. Uh, Sid was working. (laughs) (laughs) I feel about that. (laughs) (laughs) Dom Sid was working the Indies around this time, following his WWF release. Uh, primarily, he was working in the Memphis territory with Jerry Lawler. I think he was doing a little work in, Jap- in Japan.
0: Playing uh, softball.
1: A, a, he was playing a, a ton of softball. He was selling. He was selling farm chemicals, which was his other job at one point. Um, uh, so this is all according to the newsletter. Like he was working the Memphis territory. He was working in Japan. Um, and uh, I just felt like it was an easy decision to bring him in. Dude, this guy was like a year ago, maybe less than a year ago. No, about a year ago, he was the WWF World Heavyweight Champion. It seems silly to not bring him in. So uh, so Michael's saying that he fractured his leg near the end of his career in the most hideous fashion I think I've ever seen. Um, Hooking Hogan sounds like an a reality show featuring Brooke <laughs> Hogan. <laughs> he's falling on hard times hey dude uh so sid marches down to the ring and he rips the door off the cage like fucking Kane in the hell in, the cell in late
0: 97. marcus in the cell that happened down. around the, that's happened like oh okay so you beat him to the punch actually because no, that happened at oh no no it didn't no it happened, it happened in like Battle. late 97
1: at back so you're Bar, ripping him off yeah i'm ripping off wwf and i don't give a shit um, so he tears that door off the, the cage and uh, he beheads Sting with a clothesline from behind. He picks Stinger up and gives him a hellacious powerbomb before draping Hogan over him. Reluctantly, the ref makes the count. One, two, three. Hulk Hogan is the new world heavyweight champion <laughs> Wow! WCW. We go off the air with Shivani and crew announcing their disgust as Hogan raises the belt above his head in victory.
0: My word! So Sting, who did he fight at Super Bowl Marcus? Uh,
1: who did, did Sting fight? Match? It was yeah. a tag match, right? Yeah. I think it was Sting and DDP versus Hogan and Man. Savage.
0: So he didn't even def- did he? Def- he defended it
1: against Hall. That was it. He defended it against Hall. He defended against Brian Adams. There were a few defenses oh, okay. actually.
0: That's right. Because I go, home. okay, okay, just checking.
1: You know. Uh. All right. yeah. Nesha Hogan was our all time favorite. I mean, who doesn't like, you know, Hogan when he was, uh, you know, say your parents eat your vitamins and then he like turned into the biggest and best heel in the business. I mean, like, it hard to not like Hogan during that era, you know, and then he had Voodoo Child. It was just like, man, I remember being, yeah, a it, kid was, and, and, it man, felt yeah, like he was great
0: big time when Hogan came out anytime. Yep. yep, it did. Whether it was once or twice a show, it was still big, it felt big. So, you know. So uh,
1: so that's it, Dominic. Uncensored 1998, we're wrapping it up with uh, old Sid Vicious making his illustrious return to uh, WCW.
0: Wow, and who's he, uh, who's he aligned
1: with? Is he aligned with anybody? Is he in NWO? Is he not? Yeah, is he just creating anarchy for Sting? Is he with the NWO? What's is he just on? a hired gun? What's going on here? It's <laughs> James with the greatest Sid quote ever. <laughs> you know, and I know that you're only half the man I am and I have half the brain that you do. <laughs> <laughs> and all naturally Nash like cracking, Nash's Nash's dressed as sister, <laughs> just, just
0: great shit. And all just laughing straight up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nate's saying that Hogan robbed his boy Savage of the spotlight at every single turn. Yeah, he did too. Savage. Oh, Randy was awesome. Uh, yeah, guys, thank you for joining us. It was fun. So we do have a couple announcements to make before we hammer on. Um, so due to my increasingly busy schedule, um, cause I do have like, a, I have a, a side hustle, like part-time job. I have a kid. I've got my full-time job. So Dominic and I have been talking about it. And it's looking like we're going to start doing every other week for recordings. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to continue doing this. I'm not going to stop writing it. Um, so it's, it's just, it, scheduling it makes it easier gonna, to, it's going make of, it way way easier on us so every other week you and it's like it's a guarantee we are doing it every other week uh we'll try to go live every sunday
0: um and it's it's gonna be a great time yeah and you know what i think taking an extra week kind of helps us prep not only a little bit better not for you just you but i mean like i'll be able to turn out some more clips and stuff something i've been really wanting to do and like kind of promoting this a lot more too and uh, having the time to, to do that and splice some clips together and kind of get the word out more about this show. Cause I really enjoy sitting here. And I was in like to hear what was going to happen between Canyon and Booker T like, damn. So it's like, it's some good stuff happening. And uh, you know, Marcus, uh, I sent Marcus some uh, new logos that I've made for some, some of the factions and stuff like that. So I'm really enjoying kind of having fun uh, doing some creative stuff on, on the visual end of this show. So uh, it's been a lot of fun and we're going to keep going at it because it is it's cool, man. And I think doing it biweekly, it, it kind of not only prolongs the show, the series, I mean, because this can go as long as we want, basically. But I mean, it also it just paces it out better and gives some time to breathe and move, promote what happened week in and week out. You know, so yeah,
1: you know, it's it seems like it's been coming up time and time again where uh, people, you know, kind of on the periphery of the podcast. We're just hearing about it like it happened today where this guy was like, hey, why would you change the Dean Malenko versus Chris Jericho match? And it's like because that's not what we were doing. Like we're, we're working a different thing. Um, so so Dom, uh, he's going to be kind of like posting updates, you know, and saying like, hey, here's what happened last time. You know, so it's just going to kind of make life easier, make things more, make things flow better, and also just give me a little bit more time. Um, cause yeah, it's, it's been, uh, it's been rough. Best tag team in WCW history, Dom. It's the Outsiders, come on. Too sweet, baby. Yeah, gotta be. If not them, probably Harlem Heat or it's Hollywood Blondes. Yeah, Hollywood Blondes are great. I don't know, dude. Harlem Heat were, they were where it's at. Um, and the best theme in WCW history. Uh,
0: high voltage, not in contention, not in contention, I'm afraid.
1: Okay. Oh, wait, Uh, Runway Royalty? Possibly.
0: You gotta build a little bit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, James. Uh, Yeah, it it has been a great series. We're not going anywhere. Um, Yeah, and that's just saying being a parent is hard. She's a mom, so she gets it. Yeah, it's, you know, she just, you know, basically, if I'm not at work, I'm trying to spend my time with my baby. So, and uh,
0: it's a newborn kid. It's a a newborn. yeah, Yeah,
1: yeah. So it's like, you know, I'm writing this like sometimes during my lunch break at work. Like sometimes when I'm like uh, when my wife and baby go to bed and I've got like a half hour to myself. So it's like uh, I'm, I'm shoehorning it in and I'm like, man, if I could just do this every other week, it would be so much easier. So that's what we're doing. Uh, but yeah, like I said, we're not going anywhere. Uh, Nate is saying, speaking of Harlem Heat, where's Sherry? Sherry got fired from WCW in 1997. So this would be before I uh, I started because if you remember, I started at in 1997, which is the end of 97. I don't remember when she was fired. I want to say it was around midpoint of the year, but Eric Bischoff fired her because she was having some substance abuse issues. Now that being said, as I mentioned before, uh, we are not acknowledging substance abuse. We're not. No injuries happen in this in this imaginary world that I've created. So, like, could I bring Sherry back in? Absolutely.
0: Mm, she did not act. What a talent! So,
1: no question about it. And actually, you got a nine-year-old daughter. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, my my girl is eight months old. Recently, eight months. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's been, it's been an adventure all, all good. You know, it's like, I've, it makes it, I, I sort of make it sound like it's been a struggle, but it's actually been really wonderful. The best part of my life so far.
0: Yeah. You're having a good time. It's, and you can tell she's having a good time too. Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah. No doubt about it. named after, uh, WCW alumni. And Piper,
1: <laughs> um, at midnight and rock and roll express had a decent run in WCW. Yeah. I gotta say he's right. Uh, mm-hmm. so, yeah. Midnight and rock and roll. They were where it's at, man. You know, you could make the argument for uh for uh the the four horsemen members as well, you know. So there's there's there have been some really talented tag teams.
0: Yeah, I feel like we're missing one.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, uh you're thinking of Wrath and Mortis Dum. Yes, we are missing one.
0: Uh also uh Faces of Fear. Mm. Public Enemy. Public Enemy, uh the nasty boys.
1: Happy early Father's Day. Thank you, James. I appreciate that, man.
0: Oh, that's nice.
1: Um, but okay. In any case, real quick, Dom, uh, Nate, he liked Benoit Malenko. I'll tell you what, I, I've eliminated Benoit from this, this world, but like no denying his talent. I, I was a huge
0: Benoit fan.
1: Like that, that guy was amazing. unbelievable.
0: Yep. All
1: right. Uh, so our, our buddy Casey, uh, sent me some, some criticism, that uh, probably much needed criticism. Uh, here are his notes. Unlike Tony Shivani, I'm missing the fast paced f- spot fest opening cruiserweight bouts. Uh, matching terrible or uh, random talent for no discernible reason. So, so yeah, it was, and that was sort of like uh, Nesha. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, that was sort of like why I cut it out where it was just like, there was just no, Rymer like it would just be like, okay, now it's like Blitzkrieg taking on Lash LaRue. <laughs> yeah, it's like, fucking, why? Like, why do I care about either of them? Like, I, I don't care who goes over in this match. It's just, it's fun to watch because they're doing crazy stuff. Um, so now I'm, so here's my answer to that is like, I'm kind of trying to take some of the bigger people in the cruiserweight division and pushing them to the forefront, which is why Hoovi and Chris Jericho are having a match so late in the pay per view instead of being like a curtain jerker. Um, so I, I want them in the forefront, it's not always going to go that way. Obviously, Eddie Guerrero is considered a cruiserweight, and I've got him in the uh, semi main against Bret Hart, you know. So I'm trying to like push these guys to the place where they belong.
0: So, and Nixon, really... we're getting them rubbed with uh, you know, already established
1: stars. Um, he's also asking, Where the hell has Billy Kidman been? Yeah, I haven't used Billy. I think the last time he made an appearance, Dom, was uh, when Mongo gave him a tombstone pile driver at the top of the ramp. Am I right? Not no. Here. I, I think I used him after that. I can't I even know.
0: remember what you're using him to be honest, but
1: it's it has been a while since I used uh, Billy Kidman. But in any case, I intend to bring him back around. It's just you know, right now I'm I'm telling this very specific story with the flock, and Billy sort of like tips the scales in the direction of the flock where I want it to be like
0: really well balanced. I did like Billy Kidman in the flock, and I also like Billy Kidman out of the flock. So
1: yeah, so who knows? Maybe it's time for him to uh, move on and do his own thing. Uh, yeah. Um, and he said where are, are the old standard uh, referring to my my gimmick the gold standard being booked as heels against the wolf pack the wolf pack are finding themselves in some sympathetic spots here I don't know I'm trying to think of what the sympathetic spots are what I, what I've been trying to do or the story I've been trying to tell is that like you know the wolf pack and Kevin Nash and those guys they always said like hey if my buddy's getting beat up, I'm running in you know, uh, yeah. which is why there are so many run ins and so many DQs, because they're trying to apply logic to an illogical situation. And so now I'm like, OK, let's continue to apply logic, but let's have a counter to their logic where it's like, OK, so if the, if Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and six are going to run together, then they're going to come up against Stephen Regal, Tolly Blanchard and Dean Malenko. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a yin to their yang at every turn. So that's, that's sort of my logic there, uh, where it's like they're going to do heelish stuff, but it's just basically like, hey, if you're going to try to get me, I'm going to get you first. Um, so so I don't hey, know.
0: who's 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 running some of that gold standard ship is the dirtiest player in the game. That's right. That's right.
1: Ric Flair with a, 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 a simultaneously a great baby face and a heel at times. So yes. it's just, you know, nature of the business. But I don't know. Uh, I might, uh, I might have to rethink a few things. Here. There might
0: have I, I kind of think in certain regards too. It's that's a big faction. Let's say that too. It's also a lot of people in that faction. Yes. Because uh, isn't Larry Zbysko in there as well? He is, but he's he's sort of like an outsider
1: at this All point right. now. Where he's like, he, if you remember a few episodes back, he was like, "Hey, my my time wrestling is done, but I'm always with these men." You know.
0: All right, I got you
1: um Nate. to be honest we only watched kidman when he was with tory i mean that didn't hurt that didn't hurt i did
0: like kidman though a lot even before that like just the shooting star press um i did like how i thought he could have more legs in the flock too honestly like even that had a little should have had a little bit more tenure i think in there so um, uh james uh
1: he's asking is rick root still on the table absolutely um so i mentioned before Uh, Rick Rude and Eric Bischoff had a falling out because Rick Rude asked him to buy out his Lloyds of London uh, policy, where Rick Rude had collected his his policy, which effectively ended his career. And he asked Eric Bischoff to spend, I believe the number was something like $400,000 to uh, buy out the policy so that he could compete in the ring again. Bischoff refused, and uh, I think it badly damaged their relationship. So Rick Rude theoretically... Uh, could have wrestled in W C W had Eric Bischoff been willing to uh pay for that. So as I'm you know, with me, I'm playing with monopoly money here. Why not mm-hmm. just like pay for Rick Rood's policy, bring him back in? You're the banker, man. And uh mm-hmm. So there's something to think about. I don't know. Stay tuned, man. Uh, But in any case, Dominic, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, Again, please give us follow on the Twitter at WCW rewritten. Give me a follow at Marcus P D'Angelo. Follow my slapdick brother over there, Dominic at Dominic D'Angelo. And uh, you can follow wrestlezone.com at wrestlezone.com go to wrestlezone.com for all your wrestling news needs and uh yeah guys continue tuning continue to support us please um we will be doing uh AEW dynamite every week at two dynamite dudes with attitude every single week we're not going away with that but yeah uh now this podcast is going to be an every other week podcast yeah so next week it
0: won't be here but the week after it will be absolutely and
1: so we've got the uh the the follow-up show to this uh incredible pay-per-view what's going on with sid What's going on with Goldberg? Goldberg now has a shot at the U.S. title against uh, Brian Adams.
0: When's that going to happen? And Brett has his match against Eddie. When's that going to happen?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, Kevin Nash, uh, you know, he he finally beat Steven Regal. But, like, are they done? What's going on with the gold
0: standard? Sure. The hey, I mean, Dusty seems a little hot under the collar, doesn't he? I mean, it's, every time six is involved, Dusty's there. Mm, I don't know. There's a lot of, a lot of plates spinning, and uh, I'm liking how they're spinning. Let's just say that. But you know what, Mark? We're out of time.
1: That's right guys the tape machines are rolling and we will see you in 2 weeks back here on WCW Rewritten Thanks